oh my Put me in coach, I'm ready to play fantasy I know I turned two in a day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today And smash play, I'm prepared to listen The x flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first He can say I'm ready to go <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two Alright, we're live No one is watching right now Unless you're like literally sitting in front of your computer and just refresh, refresh. And if that's the case, welcome. <laughs> You're very, very excited to have you here. Uh, this this show has no purpose. Uh, we're just here to talk about opening day because we love baseball. I was literally up at 5 a.m. after going to bed at 2 a.m. and wanted to do a show really early, but then I you know fell back asleep. <laughs> so uh, joining me on the show, I'm Matt Williams, obviously. You know this because we're running this particular show live on my Twitter account. Because if you don't know who I am, why are you here? <laughs> Joining me on the show, Mr. Mike Govier, wearing the Roto Fanatic shirt. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man. Got some shirts in yesterday. I love this shirt. So comfy. Good to be here. I love baseball. So much fun last night. <laughs> and uh special guest Carmen. Uh I've been I've been hound I've been hounding you like on a daily basis to come <laughs> to come bring your to to bring your services over to Roto Fanatic because I love your work. Uh Carmen, what's up, man? Hey man, what's going on? Yes, you have been hounding me. Uh, I really appreciate all those, all that stuff. Um, I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I have freaking fantastic baseball is back. Yeah, there's, there's nothing not to like. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you were saying before uh, Mike actually jumped on the stream here that uh, you you two might uh, you two are actually like neighbors, right? Yeah, I, ish, I um ish neighborish. I'm from Chicago. I thought I, I thought you were from Chicago, but that might be one of the other guys on Roto Fanatic, Matt. Um, oh, okay. Is it like Mike Carter? Is that his name? That's right. Okay, that was him. I got I got you guys mixed up. I apologize. Wrong, Mike. <laughs> well, my, well, he, you're from, you're out in Michigan too, right, Govier? Oh yeah. Are you in Michigan? Yeah. No, I'm in, I'm in Chicago, but you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm depending on where it could be close-ish. I don't know. Five hours is the closest. Yeah. Hey, hold on. Is that is it five hours? <laughs> yeah, from train, car, five hour drive. Sure. You're kidding me? All right. Well, forget forget what the heck I said. Matt. Thanks a lot. The Midwest, dude. Total disrespect. Yeah. This is a baseball podcast, not a ge- geography right. podcast. Yeah. I um, that one for sure. All right. So, hey, baseball. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that happened last night. I, we have some notes down here. We can talk about whatever we want in any order. But I figure we go ahead and start at the top with the uh, the A's and Angels, the game that kind of ended everything. Did you guys uh, stay up and watch every second of baseball? <laughs> I did. I did. I Even when I said, oh, I tweeted a video about 1 a.m. Eastern time. Like, oh, I'm about done. And that was about the ninth inning had started. And I was like, maybe this will go extras. But then that was it was actually the bottom of the eighth, and the Angels gave up the lead. Ty Butry gave up the lead, and it was three two, and uh, that's when I thought it was over. But I did watch the whole ninth and tenth inning, and got to see Shohei Otani make history as the first guy to be put on second base in extra innings. <laughs> he, he definitely did not remember that he had to be at second base. He saw <laughs> the dugout kind of panicking, and he was kind of like high fiving people, and he was heading to the oh shit, I I gotta go out in the field, so. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, he gets on second base, is is almost immediately 
rundown, which I don't know. He's a, he's definitely a he's a sharp player. So I mean, is it just the weird, uncomfortable nature? Do you think of being out there for no reason? Uh, but there was a bunch of base running mistakes in that game later on. Castro got thrown out like two innings earlier at home plate after they had taken the lead over Oakland when Brian Goodwin hit a base hit. So I think there was a lot of, uh, even though it's the middle of summer, a lot of mistakes happened on the base pass line. Yeah, Carmen, I mean, what do you, um, what did you make? One, did you watch all last night's game? <laughs> so I tried to stay up for it. And then when I saw Mike Trout's um, check swing back to the pitcher, I took that as a sign that I needed to crash. So I completely missed all of the madness, and I was so bummed to wake up and see the crazy ending of that game. Yeah, so obviously uh, the second base thing didn't actually matter. It literally – all right, two things, right? One, it's stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> two, it was like yeah. really exciting though. So I guess it like in a 60-game season when who the heck there's no rules, uh, it was – I mean, it was fun. It, it made It made like almost every second um, like kind of like, you know, dramatic. Uh, but, you know, again, after all that, you know, a dramatic like one hour of baseball <laughs> doing all this. Uh, Matt Olson hits a walk off grand yeah, slam. That was and, awesome. Yeah, which is a, the coolest way to possibly end uh, opening day. Matt Olson, one of the guys I've been, you know, whatever. There's no victory laps here. I, I picked him as an MVP candidate. It's one day he could go zero for his next 120 at bat. So I'm not taking a victory lap, but it's it's good to see. Uh, Ramon <laughs> Laureano also goes deep along with Jason Castro, who. It's funny. I love Frankie Montas, but I picked him as one of my DFS picks of the day only because I love going through and just seeing people who kill fastballs and then people who are vulnerable to giving up home runs, which Montas and his four-seam fastball is. Um, did nothing against Montas, who was freaking amazing. He was getting really squeezed by the umpires, but he did hit this really nice home run at the end to send it to extra innings. So uh, freaking fantastic end of draft value. Jason Castro, if he's not owned in your league, uh, and you're streaming. He's a guy I would literally consider picking up and just keeping. Like uh, he's 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 uh, he did some damage. Look at it. if you look at Stackass, his barrel rate just skyrocketed in Minnesota, where you know everyone there, like Mitch right. Garver, Max Kepler, will talk to him shortly. You know they had that organizational change to pull the ball and elevate. And Jason Castro maybe kept that. So yeah. um, you know, any other takeaways before we kind of move on? Because Frankie Montas is the next topic, which kind of brings us into a velocity question. Right. I would just say, you know, with Castro, I mean, there's just like a giant catcher clump for that catcher two spot, especially in NFBC leagues. And if he's going to keep doing that, I think he's a great option at the back end. Yeah. That's, Castro was a guy that I really loved in OBP leagues, no matter what. Now I kind of wish I just would have got him no matter what, like even in Roto leagues, two catcher leagues, I should have had him as my second catcher at minimum everywhere. And now he's gone. I don't think you're going to find him that he got a little bit of buzz last night. Uh, yeah, definitely has that. Uh, Frankie Montas, uh, you know, I, I've been pumping him up all off season. A lot of people have that split finger last night was obviously working. He was getting a little squeezed by umpires, so he his his pitch count shot up, and he didn't stay in there as long as everyone was hoping he would be. Um, his velocity was down a tick. Now this is something I want to talk about. He's uh, he averaged um, around ninety six, topped out around ninety seven uh, last year. He was averaging over ninety seven, topped out around one hundred. Not really a huge deal. Um, it's the very first start of the year. Some people were stretched out at the end of spring and remain stretched out, you know, cutting head, heading in here. Look at like Lance Lynn, who like threw like 85 pitches his very first summer start. But some people haven't been. So there's actually a lot of people that velocity was down. I'll run through the list real quick and then we'll yeah. go through notables. Uh, I know where this is going. <laughs> Hansel Robles. Uh, since we're talking about the Angels, uh, he's he's averaging. Uh, this was something that was in summer camp also. 
uh, averaging 94 and a half, topping out at 95, where last year he was averaging like 97, 98, topping out over 100. So that is actually a concern, right? Ty <laughs> um, Buttry is a guy that seemed like the obvious candidate, didn't do that well last night either, and he could also be erratic. If you guys own Hansel Robles, who obviously his velocity is probably a concern at this point. Um, like, I mean, uh, if you're in a fantasy league, obviously you have to work fast. So I say a concern. I wouldn't bet against it jumping back up soon. It's a weird year. But if you owned him um, and you didn't handcuff anybody, what would you – I mean, what would you be looking to do? Because he's one of the few guys where Middleton and and Butchery, they may not be owned. Like the Aaron Bummers, the Karinchaks, they're owned. Uh, but these guys may not be. Would you be sure to go out there and grab one of them? Yeah, it's kind of tough, right? Like Butchery, he had an amazing 2018, if I recall, and he fell off a little bit in 2019. But I mean, if Robles is struggling and you know, Butchery, I don't think he had the best outing last night, but if he can come back in some form, it is Robles' spot is a little shaky for sure. Yeah, Robles still had two Ks, even though he gave up some earned runs in one of the third innings. So I, and I did watch him throw. He, he looked. I know his velocity's down, but he looked all right. I wouldn't necessarily jump on Butchery. I don't like Butchery at all. I always think he comes up short in the moments that you need him, especially high leverage situations. He doesn't seem to get it done. So I guess you got to protect yourself on a handcuff. Uh, I like to take the risk of having the guy who's the heir apparent, and I don't think Butchery is the heir apparent there. I would rather I would rather take the chance with another player elsewhere. I really would. Okay. Well, there you go. If you have Hansel Robles, maybe you're screwed. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> As a Mets fan, you know, I want no part of him. The best thing he does is point straight up in the air like it's a pop-up when it's a 450-foot home run. <laughs> um, Andrew Heaney in this game, uh, down a little bit. Nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, you know, average 91. He's typically in 92, 93. Uh, the max wasn't there. He usually gets up to like 96, 97. He was only around like 92. Uh, that's probably something a little more based on you know, it being early, uh, Frankie Montas, um, yeah. tossed, uh, he, he tossed the ball 96 topped out at 97, typically averaging 97 gets up to 100. Again, some people were saying that that gun maybe was a little cold. Uh, Liam Hendricks was a little down there, but you know, probably nothing too much to worry about. Uh, Joe Musgrove, who is, is someone we, uh, I talked about quite a bit in the beginning of last season, he was kind of sitting like, um, like 91, 92, 93 with his fastball. And at the end of the year, when he started elevating his fastball, he ended up going closer to like the 94, <clears throat> 95, even 96 topping there. In uh, in summer camp, in spring training 1.0, his velocity was a little up. His last start um, in summer camp, which got people a little hyped up, his velocity was back up. Um, in his first start of the year officially, uh, average 91.9, topped off at 93.6. So that is something that you definitely want to watch going forward because if he is going to mix, A, we wanted him to mix in his his uh, off-speed pitches a lot more, kind of like Sonny Gray, who we'll talk to. Very excited about what he did. Uh, but Joe Musgrove, are we really you guys in on him? He's someone that I don't, I don't know what to make of because we saw him get his velocity up in summer camp, so we know it's there. So, I mean, I'm not sure if this is just a mechanical issue for him, which would be more concerning because if the velocity was there and then you lose it, um, if he's not going to be consistent with that, uh, he's he's going to be an issue. Yeah, Musgrove is a guy that I focused on in the quality start video yesterday. I showed his numbers at Bush Stadium. They're pretty god-awful, so I wasn't surprised. I, I was actually surprised he hung in there the first four innings as well as he was doing because I was like, I was ready for him to get torched. At the same time, I had highlighted Jose Barrios, which we'll get to 
and he had like a 2.2 career ERA against the Sox, and that went to hell yesterday. So, you know, what happened yesterday doesn't necessarily, you know, predict what will happen today. And I think well, Musgrove just well, – Velocity wouldn't have anything to do with the matchup. No. No, I wouldn't. You're right. <laughs> Me, I would like the velocity to be there, you know? No, but as, as far as the velocity, I would say that's my point. Is like, you know, take him and move forward with Musgrove. I think the velocity will be there. I just think it was the first start jitters maybe. It's a weird time. The routines, everything is so off, man. This is just a weird time. And I know that's not a good answer for why velocity would be down, but I can't think of another good reason. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think all these guys are hurt. The hardest thing here is is uh, actionable information, right, Carmen? Like, what right. can you do? What can you do if you yeah, have them? I mean, you got to start them, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, to Gouvier's point, you know, I, you know, despite the velocity decrease, he still put up seven Ks in less than six innings, which you'll take from a guy like Musgrove. And yeah. the big thing I focused on um, over the offseason was like he just seemed like he got really unlucky last year. Like his left on base rate was like sixty three percent. It's so unlucky. So if he can just pitch. You know, even how he normally does, even if you're not expecting that velocity jump, he's bound to positively regress to the mean and give you something. Yeah. Yeah. And if again, there's and also no matter what, there's kind of nothing you can do here because which is obviously not what everyone totally wants to hear. But if you own him and you were kind of banking on the velocity jumping up and the pitch mix changing. He saw that his velocity went up last year. It's only 60 games. So you can't afford to, you know, if next next start his velocity is still not up and then you trade him and then he goes off, you're going to want to, you know, you're going to be really pissed. Uh, like you said, the strikeouts were there. You kind of have to ride it out. The only thing I would say is if next time, um, if next time that uh, his velocity is not up, then he almost be, then he's instead of an auto start for me, which he is for me, he would have been, uh, yeah. then he's a guy that I would consider sitting in tough matchups. But um as far as pitch mix goes, 36 fastballs of 99 pitches, 36 fastballs, 22 sliders, 17 changeups. That's okay. I would like to see him be a little more in the sunny gray area and mix in his, his off speed even more because his fastball is not fantastic, especially if it's not going to be up in velocity. Um, a couple more. We spent a lot of time there. Uh, Jose Leclerc, um, his numbers weren't, weren't where they typically are. Probably just, again, being stretched out. Corey Knable. Kind of, I mean, this is worth mentioning. Who no one really expected his velocity right. to be up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's some people out there that are thinking Josh Hader could go multiple innings, and you're hoping for Knable to be old Knable. It's a reminder that he's coming off injury, and it's probably not going to happen. Now, uh, he typically uh, sits around 97 and touches 100 ish. Uh, yesterday, 93, topped up at 94. So he's he's not going to be Corey Knable that you know anytime soon right yeah i'm definitely not banking on him this season at all the brewers seem very vague with how they're going to treat him seems like kid gloves kind of staying away there yeah by the way if anyone's watching live we have people watching live if you want to ask any questions you got to log into periscope unfortunately they'll let you do it on twitter with unless you've logged in which is stupid Dumb. periscope you need to change that uh and we are doing this from my account just because i felt like doing this last second in the future we'll be doing these from the uh, roto fanatic account so make sure you're following at roto fanatic at roto underscore fanatic we'll be doing a lot of these in the future uh, a couple more people before we move on from the velocity danny duffy uh someone i was very high on actually looked pretty smooth yesterday uh before the bullpen kind of gave up a couple of uh, earned runs on his behalf when he exited um he his velocity was up in spring like normal spring um almost right. to like career high levels like he used to sit at like 93 even touched over 96 yesterday 90.6 high at 92 probably a stretched out thing, something I'd want to watch with him going forward. Again, I'm ex I was kind of excited about him as a cheap option that is going to start a lot, but if his velocity is down, yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, 
Musgrove can get by. Duffy can't. I mean, he needs his velocity. Uh, Brad Hand's uh, velocity was down um, pretty significantly, actually. Uh, he uh, usually sits at 93, tops 96. He was at 90.55, topped at 92. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for someone who is already the not the best reliever on his team, that bears watching, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Unfortunately, in a 60-game season, Karinchak's owned everywhere, so I mean. Right, and you cut. You kind of wonder if um, the Indians would be willing to give the rookie the job, right? In that short sprint with Hand and his experience, even if the velocity is down. Yeah, plus the Hand uh, and nothing else. They they really would like to keep him in there so they could trade him <laughs> if the wheels do fall off. I True. mean, if, if you go to the rookie, you're really taking a chance on multiple reasons and then you lose all trade value. So it's, it's like a double-edged sword. Not that the Indians are thinking about losing this season with that starting pitching which we'll get to very shortly as well right oh, they're right. very much in it very much oh dangerous yeah. dangerous team yeah i think one thing to mention with hand is like even if his velocity is down he's facing such weak opponents that they should be able to accumulate saves pretty much every game they win just because everyone they play is terrible <laughs> yeah not a lot you can do there i mean unless you're in the tent again people are still playing 10 team games right i mean what yeah. are you doing uh but current check if he if he happens to be available for some reason right yeah. uh keep an eye you know throw throw the little eyeball note on him that you're keeping an eye on him uh aaron nola's velocity was down slightly probably a stretch out thing like uh, me and carmen were talking before the show he showed up to he showed up to camp late Probably just that. Uh, Ken Giles, usually sitting around 97, topping at 100, was only around 95, 96. Again, he looked fine. We'll see. You know, he's probably just a stretched out thing. The last guy was Charlie Morton. This is the big concern. Oh, boy. Um, Usually sitting around 95, topping up at 98, was only sitting at 92, topping out at like 93. That's not good. And, I mean, he gave up like six earned runs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean – he know what he looked like an old pitcher who what didn't have his velocity. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, I, I had him as my SP eight going into yeah, this year. Yeah, oh, We had him very similar, Matt. Yeah. So, I mean, Carmen said you're, you were on the boat with me here. He's somebody's dark horse MVP choice if, too on our rotor fanatic uh, article. If he goes into his next start and we see no improvement at all, what are you considering? <laughs> Yeah, Let's, I, mean, I don't really know. What the, I'll, I'll try to get up his schedule. Uh, actually. Yeah. 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 Try and do that. Um, I, I'm not a. I was off him anyway, so I'm not really surprised. Why were you off of him? Without the velocity news, why were you off yeah. of him? Well, first off, I thought that he's he really didn't want to come back. You know, there have been a lot of stories about he was really mulling it over. I don't think his heart was in it. Now, I can't prove that, but I'm going to go with my gut at the end when I don't have the secondary information beyond the data. The data says he's a great pitcher still, but coming in, I was really suspect, and now this is just another cause for concern for me to be, hey, I'm clear. I'm free of it. I have no shares. Uh, looks like at, his next star will probably be at Atlanta and then at home versus the Red Sox. Ooh, and the Red oh, Sox cool. offense looked really good. Yeah. Even though well, Baltimore, well, well, it's Baltimore, well, I know. Come on. They still scored 13 runs. Here's their opponent is my phone. That's the guy oh, that was throwing. That's how good their opponent was. <laughs> Ben Palmer would take offense. Tommy Malone's a good pitcher. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> I think something to consider with Morton too. Um, he threw he threw his sinker nineteen percent of the time last year, and it was up to twenty four percent just in this one start. You know, it's just one start. That's probably just pitch mix. But I feel like if he's going to go to his sinker a little more and his cutter a little less, cutter was down four percent. So kind of a trade off there. I, that's not mm. something you'd want to see. I imagine. Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, I agree. The uh, also got so, burned by a three run home run too. You take that away, maybe it's not as bad. It's a mistake. All right, so like it's it's an early season. You don't want to get totally like freaking right. You, you don't want to get you don't want to get too cute. Um, yeah, you don't want to get too cute with things. But let's just say that uh, his velocity has not gone up at all versus the Braves, and you're going into that game against the Red Sox. Are you starting him? And let's just say he goes up. No, again, this is no improvement. Same result. Again, if you're going out there seeing 92 miles an hour, 93 miles an hour, he gets a little roughed up by the Braves who, you know, are, you know, despite yesterday's performance versus the probably the best pitcher in baseball is a very good offense. I'm I'm starting him. I mean, it's Charlie Morton. We've got him up there for a reason. I, I you got to trust your top 10 guys. I'm trying to get people to panic here, man. Yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> you I, think I tweeted out something about, uh, I put the never uh, tweeted out something along the lines of never overreact to things early in the season i put uh during training camp uh christian yellick was like oh for third or something like oh, something one for 36 with 14 strikeouts <laughs> yeah he he um he didn't hit a he didn't uh, hit it past the pitcher until like the ninth inning last night too yeah so, yeah oh well, for four two strikeouts two really weak grounders it was yep. it was rough it was a rough yeah. one you know on the uh, flip side real quick of morton you could also maybe trade for him if you're bought if you're because there's people who will panic right now. You could probably cash in if you still believe he can cash in for you this season. I think there's a better better buy low candidate at starting pitcher, which we'll probably get to shortly. But before moving on from this group, actually, hold on. Uh, Charman wants to go back to Frankie Montas for a second. But Madison Bumgarner looked pretty good last night. Look at his velocity. Run for the hills. If you want to sell high. <laughs> I mean, he was uh, he was someone that absolutely uh, wasn't uh, didn't kind of I, what was he sitting at like 91, 92, somewhere around there. I mean, yeah. it's uh, he's someone that looked like uh, he's someone who looked pretty strong. I think it was uh, I, I wasn't paying attention to that game. Scott White for to credit him, he had put oh he put out like some some entertaining gif of uh, which I always love. Um, he didn't look good when Eric Hosmer cracked off him lefty on lefty, cleared the bases with the double. Hey, he had a fear of Eric Hosmer, but Adam Madison Bumgarner, no thank you. But um, anyway, let's not spend too much time. He's no fun. Uh, Frankie Montas, let's talk more about him. Yeah, definitely. Um, he he only threw five splitters last night, roughly six percent of his total pitches. He went to that splitter, split finger, 18% of the time last year. I think that's worth noting. Um, if he if he's going to continue doing that, I think he might be pretty risky, honestly. Um, and I know that Pitching Ninja um, threw out a gif of him with that nasty – I think it was I think it was the split finger. Um, or no, it, it might have been the two-seamer. But the catcher was lined up on the inside part of the plate against the lefty, and he just completely wailed it completely outside, and he got a whiff. And it looked nasty, but – it. Com- the splitter combined with a lack of location on that's that could be kind of iffy to me. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. Um, we just have to, one of those things we have to monitor going forward. Yeah. A couple of the guys looked fantastic yesterday. Sonny gray. Yeah. Uh, last Ooh. year. Uh, I mean, he, he started out his career really strong in Oakland, really shit the bed in New York. Yeah. And uh, most people thought it was a pitch, pitch, a pitch mix issue. The reds noticed this. They traded for Gray, gave him an extension before he even threw a pitch for him. So we saw what he did last year, but um, a lot of people will point to what he did uh, and and kind of and kind of say regression was an obvious thing because he did overperform on some of his pitches. But uh, he threw his four seam fastball, which was garbage. Pretty much every four seam fastball on the Reds is garbage, um, along with like guys yeah. like Shane Bieber, um, Joe Musgrove, people that just need to throw their four seam or less. And maybe they're two seam or more, or just throw in their off speed stuff more. This is someone who, um, this is what we needed from 
Sonny Gray. We needed him to throw way less four seam fastballs, just use it to set up pitches like Shane Bieber, and then kind of rock his way into uh, just using all of his off speed. Yesterday, um, you know, obviously fantastic. Uh, he, as far as if anyone, you know, over a pitcher's list, they have a CSW, which is basically just combines your called strikes and whiffs, your swinging strikes. Sonny Gray, 41.1%, which Ooh. is an insane and he did it by throwing on 90 pitches 25 uh, 23 forcing fastballs but 24 sinkers 25 curveballs so he was throwing actually the forcing fastball as his third pitch uh i'll just go ahead and share the screen i'm looking at right now the um the, you know you can kind of see where he he mixes in his pitches there uh all over the place but uh you know kind of inside and away curveball slider i mean he's just I wish I had some animations kind of ready to go, but uh, yeah, he, he looked ridiculous. And I not only think that uh, there will be no regression coming, I think there's a good chance for him to step up and, and kind of rival Luis Castillo for best pitcher on this team, who I love also. I mean, there's a lot here with Sonny Gray if he sticks with this. Yeah, he's the reason. He's the guy who's the first pitcher off the board for them, I think. I think yeah, they know Gray's their leader, right? Okay. No, Castillo went off the board first. No, I'm saying the Reds starting Gray. They oh, trust oh, him in, in real life. They trust Gray more. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I understand. I got you now. Well, by the way, you ripped on Baltimore. So this was the friggin' Tigers too. So I do love Sonny Gray, but let's you know slow yeah, your roll a little bit. Well, no, there's a diff. There, there's a difference though. Um, there's a difference because the hitters ripped on a terrible pitcher. This is a pitcher doing really crazy things to a major league lineup. I think it's, I think it's different. I think it's easier for a bad pitcher to get take advantage of than it is to take advantage of a bad lineup, bad lineups. You still have a couple of hitters in there. I think it's harder to do. Like if you look up no hitters in baseball, just as many are as against bad lineups as they are good lineups. They, you know, I mean, so Shane Bieber, we're going to get to, he did this against the Royals. I, I don't think it matters. Dominance is dominance. And if this was that easy to do, it would happen all the time. They do not have, you know, they don't get, what is it? 14, 15 strikeouts against the Royals Bieber. They don't get, they don't have that many strikeouts on a daily basis, but Tommy Malone's going to get lit up on a daily basis. Yes. So that's, that's my point. Yeah. Um, Matt question for you. So the theoretical, you said if Morton is still has still lower velocity, lining him up against the Braves, you know, he has, he has a decent start, nothing great. And Sonny Gray kind of continues this level of dominance. Who would you want going forward? Between Musgrove or Gray? No, no, between Gray and Morton. Oh, Gray and Morton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, never mind. I don't even know why I'm saying that. If if we continue to see what we saw, yes, yeah. I would. Like, I don't want to – you don't want to jump ship too early. But right. if someone owned Morton, I saw him no, no improvement in velocity next start out, and he kind of got – like gave up four or five runs, and I saw no, no jump, and yeah. Sonny Gray kind of went out there. If someone offered me one for one, yes, it yeah, wasn't even hesitant. I don't think I would. I mean, I don't think I'll be getting this offer if it happens. <laughs> well, no, I think it's you just can get it today. Probably someone will still be, but it's it's you know you don't want to make rash moves. But yeah, two definitely. starts in the sixty start season. I think that's a big enough sample size for me to make a move like that for sure. Yeah, where did where did you have Gray ranked in your draft rankings? God, I don't even know at this point. I have to yeah. like look it up. Um, as I'm saying, as I look that up, uh, let's move on to Kyle Hendricks who. Nine inning complete start, unbelievable. Um, nine strikeouts as well. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and chat about that while I look up uh, what the heck, where the heck I rank Sonny Gray. Yeah, he Open is so day. freaking good. I'm obviously a Cubs fan. Oh, um, you are. Yes. Ooh. So you know, I you know when I look at Hendricks, you know he has 
fantastic ratios every single year. I had him actually just outside my top 20 starting pitchers, which is probably the highest you would have seen during draft season. And he really backed it up last night. He kept hitters off balance. I mean, he kept Yelich, you know, top two, three hitter in the game. He kept them off balance all night. Not that the Brewers lineup is anything fantastic. I think it's a little overrated, but just going nine innings, first time out, sign me up. Yeah, that was impressive, man. Kyle Hendricks. I remember I had the ladies on from Cup of Cubby Blue, and they were saying Kyle Hendricks is going to redeem himself this year. And he looked incredible. I cannot believe he pitched a complete game on opening day in a short season. I'm stunned. It's one of the most stunning things of the day. I'm not stunned that he did it necessarily. But I think he could be back to the form I saw a couple of years ago where yeah. he was a Cy Young candidate. But yeah. Of course, there's only one star. Well, so here's the thing. Out. When we, we saw him do that, it was because he was he was kind of messing you up Mike Soroka style, to yeah. you know, sort of. The nine strikeouts, I don't know how hyped I'd be about seeing those going forward. Uh, if we were going to get – if I was guaranteed – to get like you know um you know k per nine <laughs> around you know get a get a get a strikeout per inning I'd be I'd be super jacked to trade for him I was already kind of high on him in 162 games I naturally kind of but to my own maybe to my detriment I discounted guys that I thought would be more ratio pl- pitchers because one blow up even accidental is hard to get back from if you need someone who kind of needs you know, innings to lower your ratios. There's just not as much time. So as a Cubs fan, uh, you maybe you can educate us further here on how you feel about um, Hendricks going forward. Just because in a 60-game season, I I believed in everything he does, so this doesn't shock me. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's just basically uh, if he's just going to be ratios only, but uh, if the strikeouts are going to remain even where they are, which isn't you know one printing is is respectable and, and perfect, if especially if he's going to do the rest of it, um, where would you like wh- who would you rather have him or I don't know him or uh, him or Lance Lynn? So <laughs> a couple of thoughts there. I, Hendricks will probably max out at about eight uh, Ks per nine innings. But like, but at the same time, you're saying you're concerned about guys who are awesome with, with ratios having one blow up. But at the same time, Hendricks just locked in a complete game shutout. Like, you're probably not going to see much of that for the rest of the year. So I think you really ought to think about it from the other side as well. And I think that he is obviously stretched out. He's ready to go. A lot of the elite starters yesterday, they didn't really go more than five, six innings. So Hendricks getting you nine Ks, that could be the same as someone who went, you know, four or five, got you a similar amount of Ks, but probably less. So I think that Hendricks not getting you Ks is more of a, could be more of a myth if people aren't getting stretched out as it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. Hendricks, I, I have Hendricks in front of Lynn. I know Govier's laughing at me. I'm not. No, you know, no, I'm with you there. I think no, I, I drew the line. Okay. I know I drew the line there for a reason. I thought that was reasonable. <laughs> okay. I wasn't I, sure which way you were going. Yeah, um, I'm totally with you on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I because Lynn Lynn is someone who looked good, but he obviously he was sweating profusely last night. Yeah, <laughs> even but, though they're playing indoors now. <laughs> I think I could go higher. A guy whose velocity was a little down that I don't totally believe in. How about Aaron Nola? Oh, you know, I that's the, I think is that's the line above. I, that's Come why on. I drew it at Lynn because Aaron Nola I think is the spot where even I don't like Aaron Nola that much, but I don't think I could go there. Yeah, I mean, I've got Nola just ahead. About five spots. Yeah. How about Jose Barrios, who, by the way, one of the few people with a uptick in velocity, uh, usually uh, sitting around 93, uh, topping at 96. Yesterday came out of the gate, firing average in 95, topping at 97. Last year, he had an unbelievable first half, kind of faded down the second yeah. half. In 60 yeah. games, he could be, you could be interesting. 
How many innings did Barrios pitch yesterday? I don't know. Three and two thirds. I have to double check. Uh, one second. much. But I, you know, they probably had the super duper juice ball there last night. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, that's that true. Game. That was a crazy high scoring game. The uh, uh, Barrios. He went. He went, he went four innings, seven hits, five earned runs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've, I had Hendricks above him in my draft rankings. I doubt um, there's anyone else like that. But you know, I, be, I believe in my boy Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. I did have I have Sonny Gray as my uh, I had my preseason. I have uh, Sonny Gray as my SP twenty. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, right. Right behind like Chris Paddock, Frankie Montas, you Darvish, Zach Greinke. Okay. I had wow. Gray just ahead of Barrios. All right, I had I have Gray I had Gray in front of Paxton, Glassnow, Woodruff, Nola, Berrios, Kluber, Lynn, and then so Okay, on so yeah, on. yeah, you're definitely higher on him. That looks like a great call. I made a great call, everybody. Hey, <laughs> you are the man. Look at you, dude. Um, Ross Stripling, we don't have to talk about him too much, but I mean, great great outing for him. Uh what do you I mean, uh, surprised that he was able to get stretched out as much as he was, but it's all down to how efficient you are. Obviously, Hendricks was very efficient. Um and, uh, and so was uh, Ross Stripling. So he looked really solid. Um, Lucas Giolito did not look very solid. No. Uh, our former coach on turn two, MLB moving averages, John, he he's off Lucas Giolito all offseason. I was not. I was I was not. There's a hype train for him I was not on. I was not against him, though. I would just kind of recognize what I saw. You know, everyone is uh, so on Robbie Ray now for changing his pitching mechanics and how, you know, when he kind of went through his lineup, he kept his arm extended, which leaves room for a lot of movement. He now, like when you kind of go behind your head, he keeps he keeps his elbow like kind of like bent and uh, going straight back. Uh, that's the same exact mechanical change Lucas Giolito made last year, which is why I'm excited about Ray because that's why he was able to go from super prospect to failed prospect to superstar that we see today. Um, he got burned really mm. badly. Um, he made yesterday. a few mistakes, man. He did make a few mistakes. I think he, it's like he didn't read the scouting report on the Twins. Like when you and I talked about back on the Twins preview, you know, you you made it clear. They love to pull the ball. That's the Twins' philosophy. And he first pitch inside inner half, upper to Kepler, it's crushed out. The first pitch of the season. Yeah. So he did it again. Well, the two main takeaways here for Giolito are blowups can happen and probably yeah. will. The Twins are going to blow up everybody. Um, yesterday I actually picked Daniel Vogelbach again, fail on my part as a DFS play he costs nothing lefty, righty. He, he kills fastballs. Justin Verlander, very vulnerable to giving up the long ball did give up two of them, but yeah. to Kyle Lewis and Seager, Kyle Seager, Kyle Seager, Verlander. Yeah. One of the most underrated players in baseball. We'll see when he gets traded, if he helps someone, but, yeah. um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the twins are going to rock people. So Giolito, Fantastic buy low option immediately while people are freaking out this morning. Probably even better to have done it already last night. Yeah. I wonder if we would be having the reverse conversation if Sonny Gray faced the Twins and Giolito faced the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I see that's the thing. I'm think I'm I'm hoping with the pitch mix change that, that he didn't allow much for the Tigers to elevate or for the Twins to elevate Sonny Gray. Whereas Giolito call, is he, he he pitches. You know, like I said Verlander. He's he's a Scion candidate, uh, but you know he uh, you know he he gives up home runs. Some people just give up home runs. You Darvish, uh, unbelievable second half. Love him. He very high in my rankings too. Can't wait to see what he does this year. His K to walk percentage off the chain, freaking forty percent nearly at the end of the year. Still, 
gives up a ton of home runs. That's his like yeah. crazy one flaw yeah. that won't leave him. Some people are just going to give up home runs. Yeah. Sonny, Sonny Gray did only give up 17 last year, the whole season. So he did limit the long ball. I don't know if that's going to continue in 2020. Oh, it should, right? Because Colorado and Cincinnati, the two worst places to pitch on the planet. If you look at their rotation, look at the ground ball rate. They're basically yeah. all sitting at 50% for a reason. They do not yeah. want you elevating the ball in their ballpark. So it's hard to take the Reds pitchers deep by design. Great. Um, getting into a hitter you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> Eric Hosmer. Hey! <laughs> Let's talk about Eric Hosmer. I, I mean, I talked about him quite a bit, and it's I, I actually have quite a few shares. Not that it's anything I'm particularly proud of, but um, you know, he he uh, spent most of his career sitting in the I don't know nearly sixty percent range, like at least fifty. But I mean, this guy is absolutely. Usually, like I said, he's usually over in the like 60% range uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to ground balls. He he was going to try to join the fly ball revolution, whatever they call it, the launch angle revolution. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday he kind of sat right in that, uh, you know, if you go to StatCast, they have something called the sweet spot area, which again, barrels don't actually show you how many balls you hit on the barrel. It's <clears throat> very misleading. It's, it's basically based on exit velocity and launch angle or basic, uh, yeah, exit velocity and, um, and launch angle. The barrel, um, is actually sweet spot percentage. It actually tell you how many balls are actually hitting on the barrel. And he was right there yesterday. He went like four for what, what did he go? Three for four, with like six RBIs. I've got it pulled up. He went three for four, two doubles, six RBIs. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what are we? What are we? Th- what are we thinking? This is not an odd or even year Hosmer. This is like a you know does uh, you know what do we have here? Um, I'm trying to. Oh hey, it's us. Hey, it's us. I just shared the wrong the wrong screen. Cool. I'm gonna try to share. Uh, I actually have the data up here, so I can actually show people. It's amateur hour, everybody. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Saturday morning. Cut yourself a break. <laughs> I'm going to share this same, same exact screen again. Here we go, Eric Hosmer. So you can see that little clump right there, obviously, like, and I'll try to make a full screen for everyone for a second. Not that that helps much. Uh, but all of his balls were kind of hit directly where you want to be hitting yeah. them, which is fantastic to see. So um, one of those guys where um, might be on your waiver wire, not, you know, probably not, definitely not in 15 team leagues and 12 team leagues. He was always going to bat towards the top of the lineup. So, I mean, you're probably not going to be looking at him there. In 10 team leagues, you are, but he's someone you can acquire probably on the cheap even after today. If you're hurting at first base, one of the most shallow positions in all of fantasy, does this encouraging enough for you to go take a shot? Because in 60 games, you need lightning in a bottle. And if Eric Hosmer has decided to hit his 60% ground ball rate and turn it into some fly balls, you know, they're going to Colorado, what, seven times this year? There's something There's something there with Hosmer to do something well beyond his ADP. Hard to believe, but yeah. I think it could, it could be true. Who knows? I mean, Hosmer's a guy that, you you have laid out the numbers, and if this is true, this is a huge value, and I would probably snag him up. And still, I wouldn't pick him up in OBP leagues because I don't think he's going to get on base enough. But if you're looking for a roto power numbers, I would jump on it. I think it's a great – also, Joey Votto. Joey Votto had a home run yesterday. That's another yeah. first baseman who went deep, and he might return value. So I know it's the Tigers, but Matt Boyd was supposed to be a lot of saviors for yes. many people. So. Yes. Um, I that, think that, was, that was a very bad matchup for him. Talk about someone who shouldn't – 
he doesn't have a fantastic fastball. That was a that was the wrong team to face. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't get blistered more. Castellanos and Suarez, I thought they were going to feast. Yeah, yeah, Alex Fast laid that out in a tweet. He was like, I'm rather dying as a Boyd boy, but this is not <laughs> a good matchup for him. And it proved <laughs> to be true. Um, with Hosmer, I'm looking at I'm looking at um, exit velocity and what he did last night. And, um, the first three, his first three at-bats against Bumgarner, he did all of his damage against um, off-speed and breaking balls. And then against Kevin Ginkle, who throws gas, he it was he uh, hit a double um, off a of fastball. So I mean, if he's covering every pitch and elevating like that, again, it's just one game. But as you said, it's pretty shallow at first base. Could be worth it. Yeah, and six is the thing. It's weird. It's a weird season, and when you see stuff like this, which is tangible, you kind of have to be aggressive because, especially like you know, if there's a player like this available on free agent. Uh, waiver wire like a lesser known player you gotta try to grab them before they're expensive um take this one game sample because we we know what he is and we know he was working on launch angle it's only one game but if he starts doing this for two or even three games his price will jump so exponentially um so if you are hurting at first base or corner infield and you can get him on the cheap why the heck not you know i mean what what do you really have to lose for what your his likely price is um Quang young kim Ooh. The uh, someone before he was named closer in TGFBI spent like $400 in fab and we all laughed at him. <laughs> and then he gets named the closer and everyone's like, Hey, you still overpaid. But um, you know, the, it, he kind of looked like a genius, man. He looked terrible. I mean, there's bad, bad, say, you know, rough saves are going to happen to everybody, but mm-hmm. man, he looked really terrible. Like he got hit very hard and they have a million candidates there with more joining every day. I don't, I mean, I, again, as far as actionable, don't know what to tell you. If you have Kim, you were probably either savvy or desperate. There's no real way to replace him because Helsley is probably owned already. Carlos Martinez is definitely owned already. Gallegos is regardless of being injured is probably owned already. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. When I saw the Kim news that he was in a close, I kind of rolled my eyes. I was just like, I don't think they brought him in here to do this. I'm not confident in his ability to close games. Uh, I think it's telling that Helsley pitched the eighth inning last night. He's probably the, the next go-to guy, and I've, I've got him on a team or two. Uh, I'm, in, I'm definitely holding him. I don't think Kim's going to keep it for that long, especially if he struggles one more, one more appearance. I think he might be out. Yeah, and Andrew Miller was not used last night either. That disappointed me because I thought maybe he might sneak in but it could be he's, he's could be uh, wishful thinking. Be, yeah. The Cardinals, you know what? They're in deep, they're in deep shit. Uh, that, that is not a good bullpen. And I'm not sure it's going to be like, they need to figure that out. They need to figure that out. Like, because that, that's going to cost them. That's going to cost them some games. I mean, well, I'm not, I, there's one thing I'll say there, you know, if Alex, you're, Ray, you're, a, Cubs, you're a Cubs fan and you're going to support the Cardinals. Uh, Let's all listen. Hey, I, I like good baseball. <laughs> I'll just do it. Um, you know, if Alex Reyes can come back somewhat healthy, I think he oh, can be a dynamite. All right. All right. I don't want to be, don't rope me in with your enthusiasm about Alex Reyes because <laughs> I will get roped in. Here um, we go. I agree with you, but I mean, I think we both know it's never going to happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Who on this panel has not I, been roped in by Alex Reyes? I refuse to be hurt again. And I'm not, I might even speak about Alex Reyes. Alex but, Reyes anonymous, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's like the whole um, fantasy community. Speaking of a guy who got brought in the eighth inning, you were mentioning Helsley, uh, the New York Mets, you know, oh. Jacob DeGrom, literally. I felt so bad for Acuna, who like probably couldn't even believe it was happening. First at bat, saw nothing but fastballs. 99, 99, 100, 100, 99, 99. Got blown away. Looked like a kid. Um, and then he mixed in pitches for the rest of the game. But, um, you know, zero run support. The Mets have to bring in uh, Seth Lugo. 
And then in the eighth inning in a 1-0 game, and we'll talk about how they got their one run in a second, um, Dellen Batances was warming up, the obvious setup guy for everybody. Then after that, probably Jury's Familia. Then after that, it's kind of a mix of people. Eighth inning, they bring in Justin Wilson, who had a solid second half last year. Literally fantastic. A pitch just as well as he ever has in his career when he was the, you know, uh, Mike, you know all about him in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, undervalued, yeah. Lefty who has no splits. This guy actually, this guy actually does better against lefties than he does righties. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's no split there. He, he looked fantastic. Velocity was fine. But what the hell is this? If you own Edwin Diaz, who, other than giving up about a 900-foot foul ball to Freddie Freeman, looked, looked, <laughs> pretty, looked pretty fantastic, froze a couple of – froze Ozuna, um, and then ended the ball with a beautiful slider, which you love to see. But yeah. you know, he, he's going to have a short leash, and you have to kind of pick who you want. Lugo obviously looks like the long guy here, especially with a bad rotation. And then they bring in Justin Wilson. Not again, uh, they have a lot of former closers, even Brad Brock is not on the team yet. He's on the IL, but they literally have like eight former closers on this team. But if you had to pick out of a hat, where was, where was Wilson on your, on your list here? Non-existent. I'll be totally frank. And, and uh, Carr knows him too, because he was traded to the Cubs from the Tigers. So we've all had a hand with him and he was on no one's radar. I'm not going to hear it from anybody. Don't lie to me. Right. Matt, you're giving me PTSD here with Brad Brack and Justin Wilson sightings. Man, I I don't believe in Justin Wilson. I'm sorry. He, he really did look fantastic down the oh, second half. Not- I wouldn't say I was surprised by this. I was insanely – if he is your fourth or fifth option out of the pen, you have a good bullpen. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's not a dominant but, yeah, guy, definitely. but he's a great piece to have in your pen. In a 1-0 game – very surprising, especially Familia's actually looked pretty good. But Tantas, his velocity, as you know, he's coming off an injury of his own. His velocity has been creeping up. But, but by the way, Matt, Fred, Freddie Freeman did play opening day, like I told you a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it looked pretty talk- good. Oh, he, defense. He, he, uh, he would, you know, he made a fantastic double play on a Jeff McNeil line drive only because he was covering first base. Not taking any weight for the play, but I mean, I think, I think the expected batting average on that was about, I don't know, 980. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Freddie Freeman and Enciarte, they they kept it closer than it should be. A couple of great yeah. guys. Uh, but yeah, if you own Diaz or you're speculating on relief pitchers, the setup guy for the Mets is a big person to own. Again, you, you don't, Luis Rojas is going to do some weird stuff. He's brought in the eighth year. I assume today we're not going to see that. Um, you know, they'll, they'll want to mix in other people and it'll probably be rotating. But is he someone that you throw a buck on on Fab if you have a spot? I mean, he, he he's a guy that if you're if you're hurting for saves or you punted him or you lost a guy like Chapman and you really need someone. I mean, I, I think it's I think you got to at least throw a buck. Maybe I. <laughs> what, you want, you're saying maybe to throw in a dollar. What, well, <laughs> this is what I was thinking. So, I, like I said, I watched the whole game, and when Wilson when Wilson was pitching in the eighth inning with two outs, well, he got two outs, and then Diaz started warming up in the eighth inning, yeah. and that to me was saying, you know, Rojas was comfortable with going to Diaz to get that final out if need be, and then pitch the ninth inning as well. So maybe Diaz has a little longer leash than. You know, he might have, we might have thought going into the opening day. Yeah, you- yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the the last thing we're gonna go ahead and talk about here is uh, the 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 how they got the one run, Yoannis Cespedes, who becomes the first person to ever hit a home run in a game played by two National League teams, no doubter. And as a Mets fan, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, the double heel, you know, um, he has the, the surgery on both heels, gets attacked by a boar, breaks his ankle. He's, they said he's only running 80%. He 
he starts off the game by popping a ball straight up into the air, like at 40 miles an hour. And then after that, just, um, just didn't look too great. And then just destroys a ball, like a no doubter. You listen on the radio, the calls, like if it stays fair, it's out of here. This ball was out of here off the bat. It was no doubt. He almost hit, crashed the glass at the restaurant in city field. Uh, where are your interests here? I mean, it's, it's probably going to be hard to, because of the name, it's going to be very hard to trade for him. And yep. I am of the opinion that he probably can't keep this up over a whole season just because of them having so many options at bat. But, you know, what are your, what are your guys' thoughts on Cespedes? 60 games. I don't know. 60 games. Here we go. I think <laughs> Cespedes is a guy who can stay healthy for 60 games. And that makes me very excited because he is someone who will crush the ball. He's always going to crush the ball. But if you're depending on him to be one of your mainstays, I think you're making a mistake still because you just don't have enough – uh, recent information to trust him right now, but well, I, I want to talk it. about recent information that is very misleading. Um, he has hit a home run in his last three games. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a 2018, June 2018. <laughs> yeah. I believe, I believe June 2018 and like yeah. August 2018. And he's on a tear, but well, he, he has hit a home run. Ken Griffey's uh, record, or, or does Ken Griffey hold the record for most home runs in the consecutive games? I, I don't know at all. So, would this be the record technically? Or no? I will say that in a 60 game stretch, I mean. When the Mets traded for him in 2015, uh, you know, the end of July, I think he ended up hitting like 17 home runs uh, for them. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he he can do it. And we see that even when he's injured, again, he's been – he hit a home run in his last three games, which is interesting enough because the, you obviously know that he was injured enough to be out for such a long time the first two times, yet he still hit a home run. He comes back not playing baseball for two years, hits a home run. This guy could hit a home run in his sleep probably, literally. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about you know, I'm I'm all about riding the wave with him. I don't know how long it'll last, like you said, Matt, but you're not gonna be able to trade for him. So if you do have him, just ride it. I think it's really important that he batted fifth yesterday. There were rumblings that Cano was gonna bat third. I'm glad to see him drop that he dropped in the order. And he so Cespedes batted ahead of both Cano and JD Davis. I mean, he's in a great spot in the lineup, and I'm not sure that we expected that heading into opening day. Yeah, the, the, the Cano batting lower is definitely a huge thing. They still yeah. went lefty-righty, lefty-righty, lefty-righty. So the lineup probably sticks as it is because J.D. Davis, a lot of people were really on him. I'm really on him. It's going to be tough for him to move up. The only spot he can really go to is Cespedes. But if you're the Mets, you know, you know, you don't right. want him to struggle to be able to swap those two because the Cano's the obvious guy to jump. But if you want righty-lefty, that's going to be it stops. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just want to say real quick yeah, about uh, lineup uh, wise. Jerks and Profar bet a cleanup for San Diego. Yeah, yesterday. that was crazy. That, that was very interesting. Keep an eye on that. He scored two runs. He didn't yeah. get a hit, but he got on base twice. All right. Yeah. I, I know Mike Mike says he needs to get out of here. A couple of real quick things you can guys give your thoughts. I'll, I'll, a few lineup things that were interesting or confusing. Uh, the Royals. Everyone loved Franchi Cordero. I put out a tweet saying, you know, <laughs> I didn't understand where the everyday at-bats were coming from. Are they sitting Alex Gordon? Are they moving Michael Franco? And everyone's like, oh, they'll just they'll just uh, sit the McBroom, who was who actually does fantastic in his own right. Um, so what happens? Hunter Dozier goes on the IL with COVID. Obviously, Francie plays every day. No, he uh, he doesn't play every day. Uh, not only does Bubba Starling start in the outfield, um, but again, in the DH, uh, still nothing. Francie Cordero. So, I mean, if is he, I don't know, would he drop him? They have, if they weren't starting him now, when, well, how can you possibly rely on him? Yeah, I mean, hopefully you're not relying on him as, you know, a starting outfielder. I think that Bubba Starling, he'll soon go to the bench just based on what we've seen from him the past million years. So I, I'd be willing to wait for Cordero probably a three, four, five games, see if he gets any spots, uh, any any starts. You know, Soler's locked in at DH, so he, you know he's not going to get any DH play there. But I think there's a chance with Starling. 
and Cordero could get hot quick too. I think yes. Starling made a brutal play in the outfield. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, I, 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 was, I, think, I was skipping yeah. around watching every game. Like some people were they overhyped. Starling had a nice exhibition game the other day. And I think they were overhyping his recent efforts in summer camp. And this is a mistake. I think it'll get rectified. I say don't panic yet. They traded for Franchi for a reason. We're here yeah. to panic. It's opening day where this show is all about <laughs> panic, inciting panic. Um, imagine you're a Red Sox fan. Imagine in your brain, oh, you're a Red Sox I, fan. I know where you're they, going. They trade, they trade Mookie Betts. You're, you're heartbroken, and then he signs an extension with them uh, for basically the same amount of money you offered because of COVID. He just wants to get his money. They offered a little more, not much more. If he was still a Red Sox, you probably would have signed with them. You get back after you know really crazy negotiations. You don't get Bruce Darkatter. You get J- Jeter Downs, and you get you get Alex Verdugo. And opening day comes, and you do not start Alex Verdugo. A guy who should probably be leading off for your team uh, over Andrew Benintendi. How are you feeling as a Red Sox fan? Just, just laughing and crying hysterically. <laughs> Why? Why is this happening? This guy is like a 95% contact rate. And you think I'm exaggerating the audience. I'm not. It's like, I mean, it's like 93.4. It's like, it's literally, that is his contact rate. This guy never strikes out and makes contact on everything. He should be batting at the very top of this very talented lineup, and they didn't even play him at all. It's it's bananas. Yeah, and on, on top of that, I think Pilar had an awesome game too, yes. hitting in like the six hole. He did. Like what? What is going on? Like they need Kevin to get Pilar, by the way, had an MVP vote last year. People don't realize that. <laughs> I forgot. Bryce, about Bryce that. Harper, thirty-five home runs, zero MVP right. votes. Kevin Pilar, one MVP vote. Yeah, yeah. Jackie I mean, Bradley was amazing last night too. I know. Everybody played well except Ben Intendi. He right. got on base twice. Hey, imagine if uh, if Mookie Betts was on this team and not Alex Verdugo, who apparently they have no need for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it was the lefty on lefty, but if he's going to sit against lefties, it's like that's a t- absolutely terrible trade. <laughs> right? Speaking of lefty on lefty, uh, last guy we'll talk about, I absolutely promise, Shogo Akiyama, who oh. a lot of people were hoping had a chance, outside chance of like rookie of the year. I understand you you have a somewhat talented group there. Um and it, and it was a platoon situation, but you know, you brought him over to kind of make some noise. You have no actionable information to suggest he can't hit lefties. He's not played a major league game yet. It wasn't a problem over a real problem over in Japan. So, I mean, and it's not like they, they put like world beaters out there in his place either. I mean, it was such a confusing lineup. Matt Davidson occupying the DH spot. Matt Davidson. <laughs> so Shogu Akiyama, I mean, what, what, what? Yeah, Philip yeah, Irvin. I mean, they love Philip Irvin, I guess. Yeah, lead off, lead off hitter Philip <laughs> Irvin. Yeah, Shogo did get the game though, and he played well when he got to play. So maybe they'll realize. I mean, I think the Reds outfield situation has been a nightmare because, yep. and it's a good nightmare though because there's so much talent. But it's a real problem for you as a fantasy yeah. manager, other than yeah. Castellanos. Well, I here's think the, here's the thing mess. with lefty lefty, right? I mean, DJ LeMahieu sat, but he had COVID issues. He was trying to ramp up. Yeah. But be, starting opening day is a privilege. And and left in platoon splits hardly play an issue with people that are supposed to be every day. If you can't even get in the lineup, uh, you know, as a Franchi Akiyama Verdugo, if you can't get in the lineup on opening day, that says a lot on how the team views your entire season. I think. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's going to show that Red, the Reds outfield, besides Castellanos, it's going to be a nightmare to try and roster and, and play. If you're in a weekly league, I, it's tough to own any of them outside of Nick. Yeah, I who should be DHing? Agree. What are they doing? <laughs> Why are they letting this that's, guy play the that's field? Whole, yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. They'll get away with it against the Tigers, but that will come back to haunt them. You're right. 
All right. Uh, any any final thoughts? Anything you're looking forward to the rest of the? Uh, oh, <laughs> you can get. Uh, uh, tell everyone where they can follow you and find all your work. Again, if you love this show, uh, it was very last minute. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of them over on uh, at Roto underscore Fanatic. Um, tell everyone where they could find you. Anything you guys are working on, and uh, your final thoughts on Rich Hill being pushed back. <laughs> oh. I'm a we're big getting, Rich Hill guy. Getting, we, we, which, by the way, it looks like it's not an injury issue. It looks like they're just giving him extra time, which, again, I'm not so sure I buy that. He probably has a blister. You know he's hiding a blister somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's that's for, Between him and Kershaw, I was very high on both of them. And it's really, really frustrating to see him go down with rec- recurring injuries a day before, you know, the day before opening day. Opening day. It's awful. Uh, Mike, any last thoughts? I'm most excited today for Corbin Burns start. I really <laughs> want to see if he can cash in. That's the th- and it's the first game of the day, 105 Eastern time. I want to see if he can make it happen. You can find me over at uh, MJ Gobier on Twitter and uh Plaza podcast. We'll be doing podcast uh, over there as well, but I I'll be tweeting out stuff, baseball stuff, popping out with videos and don't forget Rota Fanatics quality start videos. I do those Monday through Friday. Mondays is going to be jam packed. Can't wait to do that. <laughs> nice. Oh, Carmen, uh, you can plug plug your site too because uh, I know you didn't you get a chance just now. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, you can follow me at Carms Clubhouse. My last name is virtually impossible to spell, so at Carms Clubhouse, <laughs> uh, I write for Fantasy Pros. I'll be doing DFS articles every Wednesday, so check out those. And I have my own site, CarmsClubhouse.com. There's some really cool stuff on there about um, XBA analytics. Um, Fastballs versus breaking balls versus off-speed pitches. Kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, really excited, uh, really pumped for baseball to finally be back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going yeah. there right now, by the way, Carms Clubhouse. I'm checking yeah. it out. I'm bookmarking it right now. <laughs> Let's awesome. go. Uh, so, yeah, if you like the show, definitely follow uh, at uh, Roto underscore Fanatic. You're already following me if you're here. Um, uh, you know, at Turn 2 Podcast, which I might throw an audio version of this up on there. And uh, the thing I'm most looking forward to is uh, probably you, Darvish. Uh, I've been very excited. He's, he's the only person I think drafted outside of the top 10 starting pitcher that has a chance to be the SP one. And what we saw at the end of last year, again, I don't know, you know, it's not like a bet, but you know, if if there were odds, (laughs) I would, I would probably put money there because he's probably getting too good of odds. But, uh, yeah, he started not walking people and he was every good bit as good as we hoped he'd be when he came over. So, uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do. So uh, the Cubs are in for a fantastic year if Kyle Hendricks is doing what he did and you Darvish was he is in the second half. Literally does not matter who the three, four, and five pitchers are <laughs> <laughs> because that is a that is an exciting group. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, whatever the heck this is, a Roto Fanatic uh, Turn 2 podcast <laughs> opening day recap thingy majigger. Uh, enjoy the rest of the games this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you, I don't know, maybe tomorrow. We'll, we're going to be doing a lot of these live shows. Put me see everybody. In, coach. I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two What it do? Win leaps Catch out Peace